Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening, you have downloaded the News to Enjoy Over Coffee podcast. And I am here today with a very talented and our very first interviewed guest ever on News to Enjoy Over Coffee, the podcast, Miss Debbie Jackson. She is a renowned voiceover talent and she is one of the premier, I will say that again, premier United States coffee news franchise owners in Kansas City metro area of Missouri. Debbie, thank you so much for being with us today. Wow, Nicole, thank you. I hope I can live up to that great introduction, but I am so honored and so proud of you launching your podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to be your first guest. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, you inspired a lot of this, so we'll just get right into it about two years ago now, right? October 2018. Uh Yes. Coffee News International Conference was held in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Very coincidentally for me, it was my very first year as a franchise owner. And I think we met within the first hour of myself being there. And I just remember instantly connecting with you, Debbie. I enjoyed spending time with you and getting to know you. And um, yeah, it was a great conference. And I was really impressed about your go-getter attitude and just your energy is really great. And so I knew you'd do well as a publisher. And here you are, what, three years later now? The end of this year will be three, four years. Here's what I do in my office when I celebrate. Three years. <laughs> Cowbell, yay! I thought one of the most fantastic things about meeting you was how much we had in common. Let's get back to the fact that you're a voiceover recording artist. I can't say I'm a voiceover recording artist, but I've done some voiceover recording work and I absolutely love doing voiceover for characters. But you have been doing, from what I understand, over 20 years, correct? <laughs> 40 years, although it makes me feel really old to say. No, I started in, uh, in 1980. When I was in college, I started volunteering at the college radio station, which was an NPR station. And And let's give them a uh, shout. Which university or college was back then? It was called Central Missouri State University, and they renamed it to uh, University of Central Missouri or something like that. But it's in the middle of Missouri. Yeah, go mules. Yeah, (laughs) our mascot, the Missouri mule. So I started volunteering at the little radio station there and taking my broadcasting classes and then started working at little radio stations in the area. So I didn't really start out in voiceover. I started out in radio and I loved radio. I had a whole, you know, I was very fortunate to have a 20 year career on air and radio in the New York City area. I worked in Long Island. You're originally from New York, right? So you yeah, know, yeah okay. my parents are out there in Copeg, Long Island. Yep. Okay. So, you know, WBAB, WBLI, so all those radio stations and actually had an interview with Shadow Traffic, which did the traffic reporting. And to work up at the top of which back then they still had the World Trade Center. They had their right. studio at the top of the World Trade Center so you could see all the traffic in the tri-state area. Wow. So I would have been working up there. But shortly after that interview, we actually moved back to Missouri to buy a home and start a family. My family's all from Missouri. My husband at the time, he was from New York. So I, I didn't you know, pursue getting that job. But then when 9-11 happened, I was like, mm. Wow. I could have been working up at the top of one of those buildings, you know, but yeah, I worked uh, doing airborne traffic reporting. That was a blast. You know, I wanted to ask when I saw that after we were kind of getting some information together in preparation for today, Uh what exactly does that mean? I want to make sure I understand that airborne. Okay. So, you know, the traffic reports that you hear on the radio, right? right? 
Um, so I was actually, I wasn't in a helicopter. I was in a Cessna 152, which is like a really small two-seater small plane. And we would fly 1,500 feet over uh, the Southern State Parkway. Yep. And then through the LaGuardia airspace, we'd have to circle until the jets gave us a, a room in the flight path to go between jets. Then we go up, now I'm forgetting what it is, but whatever the road is between, uh, you know, Nassau and Queens. We go up there and then we go on the Long Island Expressway and then back out to the border of Suffolk County. So we just fly around the little airplane and I'd be doing the traffic reports and people would say, Debbie, aren't you afraid to be up in that little airplane? <laughs> and, you know, cause I was up there every day, every morning, every afternoon. Aren't you afraid to fly? I said, think about it. I'm up here telling you about all the accidents going on down there. Aren't yeah. you afraid to drive? <laughs> I'm much safer up here than on those roads. A much better view, so, much better angle. Oh, I saw so many beautiful sunrises and sunsets and it was, it was really a fun job. And working at WBAB, which is an iconic rock station on Long Island. Yes. It was really, it, it was the pinnacle of uh, my career, just really knowing that, you know, that I was able to, it was the number 11 market in the country. And then I did do some traffic on 1010 Winds, Ooh. which is the number one market. So I feel like I was really blessed and all that. But we moved back here, and um, in 1998, I was working at a station, and they flipped the format, and they fired everybody, because that's what they do in radio. And at the time, my youngest son was 18 months old, and I really wanted to stay at home with him and be a stay-at-home mom. I had a real heart for that. Um, my other son's five years older, so he was about five, and his, or five or six. Joey was 18 months so when they fired everybody, I just stopped looking, you know, I didn't look for another job in radio and I just started doing freelance voiceover on the side. And then of course, that's when the internet kind of came into existence for most of us. So I was able to start doing voiceovers from home and it's been a fantastic career. I love it. I want to be like Debbie Jackson when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a very exciting opportunity, though. You know, when I saw Airborne, that's what I assumed. And then I thought, let me elaborate on this because oh, there's no, not I was the other people like me. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I would think that that's a little more exciting than just being uh, on camera in a studio, just reporting news, you know? But on the days that we couldn't fly, uh, because it was IFR uh, and the instrument flight rules, I would actually do the traffic report from my bedroom. <laughs> oh, wow. And nobody knew because you, what you really do is you call around. Well, now they've got, you know, the internet and digital cameras everywhere, but we would actually call all the police agencies that are in the area and ask about accidents. And then once you've seen the traffic, you know, the flow and you know what it's doing at the different parts of the rush hour. If there's not an accident. That's so when can, real journalism and reporting existed. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun. If somebody was at the house, I'd say, oh, shh, you got to be quiet for a minute. I got to go do the traffic. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And it, okay, so this is something, I mean, right now, obviously, we're going through COVID-19. Coronavirus has kind of swept the world. And a lot of us were quarantined for some periods of time there. And I can't tell you, and I'm sure you experience this as well, how many people, businesses, consumers, were unprepared to work from home. So it's amazing for me to hear that even back then, you guys were ready. Whatever came oh, at you, you had I the had equipment it. at home. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so just think of it, you know, what is that, 20, 30 years, here we are now later, and people were not prepared electronically, technologically for all of this. But right. there you were back then, ready to go, bring people the news. Didn't matter what time of day it was or what on was going on. On my landline, no less. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. You didn't have cell phones. <laughs> Can't even remember when the last time was I had a landline. 
Now I hear you have a bit of recording studio where you are. Yeah. Now. Well, let me explain. It's not, uh, it's not real fancy. It's, uh, and it's not soundproof. It's sound treated. It's a frame of PVC pipe. And then there's moving blankets over it. And there's um, the, the real expensive part that you can't really tell so much is the RLX sound panels that are in there. So there's, ah. there's um, you know, professional sound panels in it. And this is a design that's been out on the internet. And one of my voiceover friends, he actually had it. And then when he got a more professional soundproof booth, he sold it to me. And I've been using it for years. So it's, it's just fantastic. That's so, if, you know, you really don't need a lot. Somewhere to do uh to do voiceover and i would think you just need to pray that you don't have a 50 pound or heavier dog that comes barreling through the room <laughs> <laughs> no i don't have a dog right now um but i do have a cat who sometimes likes to climb up on top of my sound booth and hang out up cats. there cats yeah. man sometimes I know. So, uh, that's where the magic happens right in there so okay you transitioned from radio you did some really amazing things getting to be airborne okay we're jealous we're jealous but how did you actually make the transition into voiceover work? Like what, what would be the first step if someone's listening to this podcast and they're aspiring to do some voiceover work, work from home? Cause that's huge right now too, with a lot of people being unemployed and looking for yes. different creative opportunities. How did you get into it? I mean, where did you go first, especially back then versus what people would do now? Okay. I have to say that voiceover literally saved me in the month of March. Uh, because, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this soon, but with Coffee News, uh, my Coffee News business, we shut down all the restaurants in the Kansas City area, government did, on March 16th. Yep. And we, and I only finally got some back out in June. So there was an 11-week period that I basically was out of business. Um, so voiceover really helped me. But for me, it was a journey of, you know, I got my training and experience in college. You don't have to go to college for it. Um, there's a lot of great coaches and programs where you can get training. And you do have to be careful because there's also people out there that prey on people's dreams. And they'll mm -hmm. say, you know, just give us all this money and you'll get a, a weekend crash course and come out with a demo and you'll be out ready to make money in your PJs. And, oh. you know. So you got to be careful. You know, I would encourage if anybody is interested and they respond to you, feel free to put them in touch with me and I'll help make sure they are connecting with reputable places to get training. But, you know, you got to get trained, first of all. And I did that mostly in college and just through my radio experience. And then I just kind of really was fortunate in what I was doing because I found a niche in voiceover that I really like and apparently it likes me. Uh, it's called telephony. And basically, it's anything that you hear on a telephone recording. So it's the IVR, inter Interactive Voice Response Unit. So ah, I'm yeah. the annoying phone lady that tells you to press one or press two. And please hold for the next available representative. And don't hate me for that. <laughs> I would not call that annoying at all. That was amazing. Well, there is karmic justice because I've actually gotten myself <laughs> telling myself to wait for the next available representative. So, <laughs> I really enjoy that kind of work. There's also a message on hold. Sometimes you're on hold and you hear a message about the dentist's office and what their hours are or something like that. So I do a ton of those every day. I'm doing recordings for businesses all across the United States wow. doing those message on hold uh, things. So that's called telephony and that's my, that's my niche. I like it. It's, it's, I've got a roster of clients that I've worked with for many years and I'm happy with that. You know, I, I figure if I can get paid just to say, please hold. That makes me <laughs> happy. 
There's but nothing better. There's, right? there's many niches. Some people in voiceover, they love uh, the audiobooks and they love right. reading the audiobooks. So that is like a way longer project than just please hold. Um, but um, sometimes that requires you to do voices like you do the voices. I'm not into doing different character voices, but that's a niche that some people have. Um, E-learning is a huge niche right now. And one that I really should be getting my, my button gear on that one. But um, uh, there's so many niches, different niches. Basically, anything that you hear the voice, but you don't see the person talking, that's voiceover. So even if you're at the gas pump and you hear or something in the store overhead, I do some overhead messages. So any of that. So, um, so you know, you've got to just start getting out there. Um, you know, today's going to be a lot different than when I started because, like I said, the Internet was just kind of getting around. Uh, and so for me, the transition was while I worked at the radio station, I had a client who would, okay, this is, this is old technology. Get ready for this. All they right. Would fax me the script. I would go in the radio station. They let me use the, the studio. I would record on reel to reel tape. I would take the reel to reel tape and go to the post office and mail it to them. Wow. That's how I did it back then. Okay. So they were talking old times. Um, but luckily when the radio station let me go, I had them and I had uh, sprint was one of my big clients too. I was a, on the roster for sprint to do oh, their nice. numbers, uh, different voices for different companies. So, um, so when I got let off, um, you know, I think when like, especially sprint, they just liked the fact that I was available anytime. <laughs> and so they just started sending me work. And then, um, I started working with a local, uh, Christian station in my, in my neighborhood, in my community. And they were letting me use their studio for some of my voiceover. And then as technology evolved, they actually set me up with my first studio and I did what's called voice tracking, which is, um, so say I did, I was the midday DJ on a Christian station for, you'd think I was there for four hours. It was a four hour radio show. Okay. But actually I just recorded all my breaks ahead of time into the computer and the Smart. computer put them in place. And so it's called voice tracking. So that way, you know, a radio station can pay and it kind of created the demise of radio in my opinion, in some ways, because now instead of that DJ being there, you know, live with you um, and getting paid that much, now they only get paid for, you know, whatever the hour to record the, those wow. messages. Yeah. But, but for me, it was very great because I was a stay at home mom. So it was very flexible for me. It helped me out and it got me my first studio. So that just, and so it just evolved, you know, over time, uh, with making connections, people would pass my name around and kind of that's where I am now. But if somebody's starting out today, there's so many resources on the internet, there are um, there. you know, just start looking around, uh, at resources. Um, and like I said, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, I'd be happy to share some resources with them. You got to get some training and then you got to do a lot of marketing, but it, you know, it's just like an acting. In acting, the job isn't acting. The, the job is auditioning. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So you're constantly auditioning, constantly marketing yourself. Uh, it takes time. You know, it took me 30 to 40 years to get where I am right now. Yeah, to hone in on those skills. It's, it, it does take time and it has to be something you just invest an exorbitant amount of time in doing in order to master those skills and get them nice and sharp. I'll tell you, I don't know if you ever had a talent manager at any point, but the way I ended up doing some voiceover work, uh, when I was about eight or nine, I ended up starting to pick up 
the idea of wanting to be an actor and uh, got into modeling from a very young age. I already had management behind me. And I guess what was happening is as I got older and I decided I didn't like modeling as much, I really didn't want to be in that industry. I liked acting. I liked theater a lot more. So they slowly started, they being my management company, decided, I think we're going to try some voiceover work with her. If she wants to get into theater, we really want to hear that, the emphasis. We want to hear her put a little bit more passion and diversity behind uh, what she's capable of. So my management company was really responsible for educating me on what voiceover was. And mm. as soon as I learned about it and I realized, especially being a kid, oh, it's what you do for all of the cartoons I watch. Oh yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> video games. That's a huge, yeah, that's a huge niche. Right that's now. another one. You're right. Yeah. Video games nowadays, well, has been for a while. Um, but yeah, so management companies. And like you said, there are tons of websites and resources all over the internet now that you can go to, but I'm really happy that you gave out that helpful tip about being cautious that people aren't just trying to scam. Yeah. Oh There's a careful. scam for everything nowadays. There is there. And, and especially when it comes to something like this, where, I mean, it's people's dreams, yeah. you know, and, and so sometimes they know, people, they, they know that they'll shell out some money. It's like the easy way to do it. It's probably a scam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a good plan, but now people can reach out to you directly as well. I know that you're on LinkedIn. Uh, is it Debbie Jackson productions LLC? Is that correct? Um, on LinkedIn. Yes. Actually, I'm not sure if that's how I'm, I, I think just under Debbie Jackson. Under Debbie Jackson. Okay. Well, I know that if you look up Debbie Jackson, you'll find it and I'll make sure that I provide links as well yeah, uh, for any you. of the posts that we put on social media through Coffee News, Suncoast and News to Enjoy Over Coffee. I'll make sure that I put that in the description of the podcast. Yeah. So go ahead and check that out. Connect with Debbie directly if you have more questions for her on voiceover. She's been doing it for a while. I would consider you an expert at this point. And she is very talented with lots Thank of experience you. working for small companies, large companies and uh, doing her thing. The thing that allowed me to meet Debbie is coffee news. Yeah. So I want to make sure we have some time to talk about coffee news and the franchises that we own and um, what we're doing right now through this COVID-19 pandemic, how we're dealing with our businesses, uh, because you're over there, obviously, in Kansas City, Missouri, metro area. I'm over here in Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, on the northwest side being Hernando, Pasco, Hillsborough County, so really where Tampa is. It kind of sounds like we ended up having to halt our franchises about the same time, that March 16th period, uh, for deliveries with everything going on with the pandemic. But tell me a little bit about what attracted you to buying the Coffee News franchise to begin with? How, how did this come into your life? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, with Coffee News, I never even knew anything about Coffee News until um, 2011. I, in addition to doing voiceover when I was a stay-at-home mom, I also had a mobile DJ company. So I was DJing weddings and parties and wow. uh, events, corporate events and stuff like that. So that was great. I had a lot of fun doing it. I did for many years. It was a successful business. But as time went on, you know, I'm getting a little older. My kids were now teenagers and becoming young adults. Um, unfortunately, also, I was going through a divorce at the time. So there was just a lot happening in my life. And I thought, you know, I really want a job where I'm not working every weekend. I'm not mm -hmm. lugging. I lugged all the equipment around by myself. 
And I swear, if I, if I have to lead the chicken dance one more time, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to snap. It's just going to happen. Oh. The thought of me like still leading the chicken dance at age 60 frightened me, Nicole. It frightened <laughs> me, you know? So, um, so I just started looking around. I knew I wanted to keep doing voiceover and actually I wanted to kind of, you know, be able to reach a new level on that and be, you know, international or whatever, national voice talent. But I needed something to kind of sustain me because voiceover is very freelance. You, you know, you, some, one week you make thousands of dollars, one week you make nothing. So I was looking around for something that would help me be able to retire from mobile DJ work um, and give me a consistent income so that then I could focus more on the voiceover again. Um, I started looking around. I became an Aflac agent. I got licensed for life and health insurance and I became an Aflac agent. And that was interesting. And I realized in that, that I didn't mind cold calling at all. I loved working with small businesses. I loved sales. I did not like insurancy stuff. <laughs> I just was not into insurancy stuff. I'm with so you. I thought, well, I, I shouldn't be an insurance agent. So a friend of mine said, well, I've got this little newspaper here in our town where I live in Belton. It's a suburb of Kansas City. I have this little newspaper that you know, I want to sell so I can get back into real estate. And I know you know a lot of people, Debbie. Do you think somebody might want to buy this coffee newspaper I have? I'm like, well, I don't know. Let me see. What is it? You know, and I started looking at it. And I thought, well, you know, I've never done print, uh, print uh, media before. I've done broadcast media, you know, and a lot of marketing over the years. Uh, but it, it was sales. And it just looked fun and interesting. And the, the cost was not much to get involved in coffee news. And so I thought, what the heck, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to buy this little copy newspaper. So I just bought the one franchise in my town and the person I bought it from, they let me make payments to them. And so in the course of the year, not only did I totally pay it off and it's debt free, but I made a profit on top wow. of it. And I thought, well, wow. this is pretty cool. And the thing that really sold me about copy news, and of course, of course I've got one right here, of course. Uh, is that people love this freaking little paper like they just uh, isn't it so amazing like you mention it to copy news like if you mention copy news and usually when you say copy news they don't know what you mean and you know that little brown newspaper we put in the in the restaurants <gasps> copy news i love copy news i read it with my granddaughter when we get ice cream i read it with my husband on our saturday morning breakfast date yes every yes. their face lights up and they, and I know you experienced this in Florida, their face yep. lights up and they have a happy little story about either who they read it with or yes. where they, and they never forget who they were, where, who, where they were or who they were with when they first saw it. The first Isn't one. that true? That is so true. And you know, I got to back up and tell, and just say this, you said uh, little, the little, the little paper, the person that approached you about, you know, you think anybody would want to buy this little paper? It always amazed me that people, including myself, we refer to it as the little tan newsletter you see everywhere, right? That's part of our marketing, part of the brand. Uh -huh. I find it so amazing to watch the reaction when I tell somebody for the first time that we're actually an international brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, their minds look blown. And then when I tell them how many countries we're currently published in, how many franchise owners there are, and that we're actually this large network of people operating our locally owned franchises, it's a thing of beauty and it reinvigorates me every time I come into contact with a reader who has that same reaction. Or on a daily basis when, you know, business was normal, quote unquote, um, I had callers, inbound calls from prospective businesses wanting to advertise regularly, daily. Oh, every day. Every day. Every day. And 
I can't tell you, it would probably be every other one that would have a really big reaction about that international recognition. Yeah. And, and so in the copy news, I keep a little ad when I have the space, it says this space for rent in the paper. And I get calls from that every day. So when people ask me, does copy news work? I say, yes, because you're calling me right now from this ad that I put in the paper. So, so yeah. And, and actually I'll just real quick share. I actually had a call today from um, a young woman and she says, um, she says, you know, we really miss our copy news because my husband and I, when we go out to eat, we, we collect them. They actually go and pick them up and they have a whole collection of copy news. Nice. And so we haven't been seeing them. I, I told her I'm starting to get back out in the community. Their anniversary is coming up this month uh-huh. and she wants to buy a little ad in there, a happy anniversary ad, and then take him out to dinner and surprise him when he sees the ad in their copy news and then collect that one. How sweet. I mean, come on. It's so adorable. That so, is, that's great. I had one really person. Me. Yeah. I had one person, uh, I think it was last year that wanted to take out a birthday mention as well. And they gave me a little bit of the backstory. Same deal. They're from Canada, moved here to the United States uh, probably six or seven years ago. And we're so excited to see Coffee News because since they've been here in the US, they had not seen a copy until they came to my area, obviously. Gosh, those stories really, really keep us going. I guess that's like that with everybody's business, though. You you, you look forward. I to don't those know because moments. I, I I don't know because uh, we have our major metropolitan newspapers, the Kansas City Star, right? Okay. Okay. I get calls from little old ladies who call me and say, "Honey, <laughs> you're doing such a good job with your." <laughs> I'm proud of you. I don't think the Kansas City Star gets those kind of calls. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We get, we get slightly more exciting callers. (laughs) So that was, that's what really that first year impressed me, you know, because I'd been in radio and I'd worked around, you know, the fans of whatever radio station I was at. So I was familiar with that, but I had just never seen the kind of emotion that this little paper triggered in people. And the ads, it was very easy to sell the advertising. I mean, I feel like they kind of sell themselves. So anyway, all that um, led to the next year, I ended up, uh, the company actually did a deal where you buy one franchise area, you get another one free. So I took an advantage of that. So now I had three franchises. And then um, there was another publisher in another part of the metro area. And he says, well, you look like you're doing pretty good with that. And I want to retire. Do you want to buy mine? So I bought his. And then another publisher in another part of our metro area asked if I wanted to buy his. And then there was one last publisher in another part. And he wanted to go to law school. So I bought his. Well, <laughs> say, you know, I had 10 franchises. <laughs> um, so it kind of took over my world. Yeah. But it's been fit great. And now I just celebrated my ninth year as a coffee news publisher. You know, I saw that on your LinkedIn profile the other day. And I thought, man, that's right. Because I remember when we first met. And I think you were at around the seven, going on seven or eight years and I remember thinking, wow, that's amazing. And now here we are nine years in coming up on 10. Do you have anything planned for your area for your 10 year uh, anniversary? You know, I haven't even thought that far yet. And with <laughs> all the COVID stuff, I, you know, I, are we even going to be here next year? I don't know. You know, 2020 has been the most ridiculous year ever. It has been. It ever. Has been. I mean, come on, murder hornets and asteroids. <laughs> I, I'm, done. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Hey, you know what? It's giving corporate coffee news, corporate more content for future issues. Let's just say that. (laughs) Okay. 
So yeah, yeah so put our entertaining um, spin on it. But let me let me ask you because the one thing I realized this being the first interview, we've never actually talked about what is coffee news. I want to give you the opportunity to tell us what's the 30 second pitch. What is coffee news for people who are listening that don't really understand the news to enjoy over coffee podcast name? What are we? What is this franchise we've purchased? Sure. Well, you know, I actually usually sum it up in four words. Fun reading, serious advertising. I love uh, it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Coffee News is um, a family-friendly publication. It's weekly, and it's full of interesting stories, inspirational quotes, community events, trivia, and we give you the answers so you can quiz somebody while you're sitting there and quiz each other. Then we have our horoscopes, our fun facts, and our clean corn dad jokes is what I call <laughs> You know, we do that every week and we've been doing it for 30 years and it's news to make you smile and it's news that just kind of gives you a little refreshing break from the day. And then of course the thing that everybody loves the most is the coffee news man that we have. Um, yes, our mascot contest. I call it the mascot contest because everybody seems to have their own name for that guy. <laughs> right. Well, I just call him the coffee news guy, the coffee news man. And so every week we hide a teeny tiny coffee news man in a different ad uh, in here. And so everyone is totally obsessed about that and they love it. And so they look for the coffee news man, which gets the, it creates the desire to get the new issue every week. It gets them looking through the ads. And then in my contest, the way I do it, I don't know if you do it this way. If they want to enter the contest for my $50 cash prize, we do a drawing at the end of the month, they go online or they can mail it, but they have to write out the name of the ad that they found it in. Yes. So now you have them writing out the advertiser's name, getting it in their brain. And so that is engagement. And in the world of marketing, when you can get engagement, that is huge. That's the trick. We're surrounded by 5,000 marketing messages a day. The number that the average person actually engages with on a daily basis, 12. Right. So we're all be, fighting for that attention. How do you get to be that person's 12 for that day? Well, if they're writing your name because they saw the little man in your ad, you became one of their 12. That's right. That's how it works. I mean, you just broke that down so eloquently. I can't tell you how many people fight with that marketing fundamental. It's a fairly simple formula. It's understanding that to stack the odds in your favor, you have to be more visible more frequently. And our product is one of the few things out there that still exists that is so frequent, 52 times a year. Yeah, I've looked at advertising amazed. and yeah, I've looked when at I advertising coffee news just yeah. for branding. And I don't have that many opportunities to get out there other than social media. Social media has really become the only other affordable platform. And I'll tell you, when you look at the statistics, it's the same price, pretty darn close anyway, to how many readers Coffee News reaches on a weekly basis. So when people talk about print advertising is dead, print advertising is expensive, I ask them, have you ever tried advertising on social media effectively? Because it's the same price as Coffee News and social media is not that expensive if you're looking for hyper-targeted local advertising reach. That reach and that engagement, just like you said, you nailed it. That's what it's all about. But doing it affordably and effectively is the struggle. And right. Coffee News for a print product, we definitely help our customers achieve that. I love that, that you said that because that's one of the things I try to emphasize. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed being a Coffee News publisher and knowing that I'm affecting people's mood and helping them just to 
be a little bit happier. Just smile, you know. Especially you nowadays, we all need it. Yes. Yeah. We all need it. Now, if people wanted to find out more information about Coffee News in the KC Metro area in Missouri, they can go online, visit your website, right? CoffeeNewsKCMetro.com. Absolutely. Yeah. Just fill out the form to reach out to me and I'll get back with you. Um, there's a lot of information on my website and um, then our Facebook page, just search for Coffee News KC Metro and connect with us on Facebook. And what I really would love is to have uh, more subscribers to my Coffee News online. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about that. I, I have to give you a shout, a shout out props to you, Debbie. You are one of the most innovative publishers that I have come across here in the United States because uh, we do have some people obviously in Canada that are pretty friggin' brilliant in my opinion as well. And you've gone ahead and you've worked with a team of other franchise owners in the area to develop during this pandemic, not only your podcast, I, I mean, kudos to you. You said we're just going to launch this thing. <laughs> I love, I love it. You did it. It's been fantastic. I've been sharing your thank content you. on my podcast as well every week. So thank, thank you, you for that. Mm -hmm. And your voice is perfect for it. I mean, shouldn't be shocked by that. Right. Well, but the you. other thing that you're doing right now is you've created a digital newsletter. So it's coffee news in a slightly different format, depending on the size of your screen. Okay. I'm sure. Where'd my phone go? Uh, I, oh, I threw it <laughs> there. So I wouldn't mess with it. So, um, so the thing I love about this, and, I, and you know, it really, I didn't come up with it. I just jumped on the bandwagon that was started in Canada. So Tony Brooks is a publisher in Ontario, Canada, and uh, Alistair, um, and I'm forgetting his last name, Alistair in uh, Winnipeg. Um, Alistair really actually got things rolling with this. And then uh, Tony Brooks as well. But they have a team up there who has created a great system of Coffee News Online. And the thing I love about it, is that it looks really good on the cell phone because over 50% of people only access the internet on their cell phone. And that stat's going to be 75% by the year 2025. You know, when the pandemic hit, it really, it really shook our company a lot because Coffee News has always been in print. We've never been allowed to put it online. Right. The pandemic hit that week of March 16th and I couldn't get the paper out. That's when I said, okay, you know, I've always thought about doing an audio version of Coffee News. I'm just going to read it and put it out there and, and if any, you know, just all about keeping Coffee News visible. So that's actually how I started with the Coffee News podcast was just kind of out of a, a you know, frantic, uh, oh my gosh, what am I going to do the week of March 16th? Right. And that was one of the first conversations we ever had because you and I were both thinking around the same lines back in October 2018 on, man, we really want to do podcasts for our local areas. And I think we were one of, we were both two of the few franchise owners who had already been thinking about innovating and how can we right. add other media streams to this traditional print product. Exactly. So then what we were doing was putting the uh, PDF file of the digital proof that we sent to the printer to get the printed ones. We were putting those PDF files, or I was and other publishers were, on our website so that at least people could read it there because we were all stuck at home. We were all quarantined. Now that's great if you can read it pretty easily, very easily on a desktop, you can read it on a tablet, but if you try to read that PDF on a cell phone, smartphone, it, it just, it doesn't work. So you're really very limited in who you could reach with that. So that's why when I saw what Tony Brooks was doing, and Alistair, I said, that's the system I want to go with. There, there's some publishers experimenting with other digital online versions, 
But for me, I felt like what Tony and, and Alistair were doing, that was the best one that captured the feel of coffee news, but made it easily readable on a smartphone. It is a very nice. Really good. Yeah, um, it's a very nice format. I, yeah, so I jumped into that. That took a little bit of doing to get it rolling, but it's, it's been great. Um, there's 20 ad spaces in that, and I sell that separately than the ad spaces in my paper. And I've sold that out every month that I've had it. I started it in May, so May, June, and now I've sold out July. Um, so that's been a sellout, and that's been great. People have really appreciated it, because even though things are opening up in my area, there's still a lot of people, if they're elderly or have health conditions, they don't want to get out. And so they appreciate being able to read coffee news safely at home and they can still go out and get it in print too, you know, so it's a great thing. And I think it's, um, you know, I really appreciate our head office uh, with letting us experiment with these different things and try something new. And that just shows me, you know, how innovative that they are, that, you know, they're really doing a lot to support us and help us through this time. That's for sure. I I was very impressed to see when all of this rolled out that they were so responsive to all of our creative reactions, things that we independently wanted to launch for our franchises. It was very easing, I guess I'll use that word, to hear that they essentially said, hey, we've got your back. Go ahead and do what you need to do. Let's innovate. Let's, this is the time to go ahead and make Coffee News more accessible. And the thing that I love about the podcast so much is that now we're able to reach a whole different demographic. The visually impaired community can now enjoy coffee news every week and they're listening to your beautiful, soothing voice. Well, thank you. Well, you know, one of the things I did back with, and this is something again, talking about if you want to get into voiceover, I don't know if they still have this, but in our community, they had an organization where you could go and volunteer and read in a recording booth, books, periodicals, magazines, newspapers, reading for the blind and they would record it so that blind people would have this uh, resource. Um, And so I got a lot of experience uh, in doing that. So that always made me think ever since I was a coffee news publisher, I thought, you know, it'd be so nice if people who were blind could hear an audio version of coffee news. So that, that, that and COVID motivated me. (laughs) Yes. And I'm so glad that we have this resource now today. And I hope that regardless of how we come out of this, I hope that we continue. I hope that you continue with much more success. And hey, like I've been saying all podcast long, for those of you who are listening and tuning in, thanks so much for sticking with us. I hope you've enjoyed everything that Debbie has been bringing to the plate, everything that she's been sharing with us today. To learn more about her, her franchise area, to get in touch with her, please go to coffeenewskcmetro.com. That KC stands for Kansas City Metro. So coffee news kcmetro.com and get in touch with debbie jackson you can oh, also find way, her on linkedin by the way we almost forgot before all the covid stuff hit kansas city won the super bowl <laughs> oh that's that? right <laughs> way back when it seems like a million years ago it does yeah. what only a month before in february <laughs> It's amazing though, how that pandemic hit and it just took over everyone's worlds in all different types of ways. I am so happy to just kind of be not as tense about it. I sort of did something different with my franchise. I'll just quickly touch on this. So like you, I had to halt printing that week of March 16th, I believe was the last week I had physical papers printed And they had gotten distributed before our state had announced lockdown. So the week after that, I think would have been like the 23rd or something, March 23rd, 2020. 
we uh, officially no longer had papers to distribute. We had to furlough all of the contractors on our team that distribute Coffee News every week. And I know that you have about four drivers. I have four drivers for my territory as well. That was quite challenging. Um, I did not jump on the bandwagon with doing the digital emailed newsletter, but you do have an opportunity where people can sign up if they're listening, regardless of where they're from. You do not have to be in the Kansas City metro area, correct? If you want to just sign up to get Copy News wherever you are, um, go to my website, copynewskcmetro.com, and you'll see one uh, link is you can just read it right from the website. But if you would subscribe, I would truly appreciate that because I'm trying to build up that subscriber base. What we do is we send out an email blast on Monday mornings around 10 a.m. Central Time. The email blast is uh, where you would get the, you know, alerted of the, the new issues available. And so it helps me with my marketing that I have that the subscriber base and I can see the open rate and the click rate. Um, and you know, it's so fun, Nicole, because when that email blast goes out at 10, at 10 a.m., I'm not kidding. I, I think some of the readers are just sitting there waiting for it. They're waiting for it. <laughs> hey, and I know I am now. I'm one of by those. by 10.08, the contest entries come in because we hide a little man in the online one too. So the contest entries come rolling in on, by email. I mean, literally within minutes. Well, if you're they, not first, you're last, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. I just sit here like, were these people just waiting for it? Like, I think they were. I so, look um, forward to getting that email from you now every week. And I look in my inbox. I'm like, man, because your, your picture, your photo pops up next to the picture of a coffee mug that says yeah. coffee news, this week's edition, something like that. So I, I look for your face. <laughs> I don't know how many thousands of other people are now looking for your face every week in their email, but I look oh for my. your face. That's scary. Just look at the <laughs> Yeah. It's but, been that, fantastic yeah. though. And I'm so happy that Tony and Alistair, who are fellow publishers of ours, uh, Coffee News out of Canada, I'm so happy that they developed this and that they've reached out to people like yourself and myself to offer them this opportunity and that people are jumping on the bandwagon to, if they weren't getting innovative before, to get innovative now. And we need to keep it going past this. Exactly. And if any uh, publishers in the U.S. want to jump on the platform uh, for Coffee News Online that I'm doing, then they need to get in touch with me because I actually bought the domain where we put the U.S. papers. Yes. Uh, so the Coffee News Canada uh, Online, they, they're on a different uh, website domain. And I got the domain for the U.S. I mean, people can do their own domains too. But if, if you want to use the domain that I have, which says uh, uh, Copy News USA Online, we don't really promote that domain. You, you can promote it through your own individual website. But um, the publisher should get in touch with me and I'll, I'll help them out. I'll get them going. Absolutely. And then if you're not a franchise owner here with Coffee News, you can reach out to me as well. You can get my contact information off of my franchise area's website, which would be coffeenewssuncoast.com. My name is Nicole Fernandez Shoot. I'm going to be your host for the News to Enjoy Over Coffee podcast. And uh, Debbie, I just want to take a quick second um, to also mention something about this newsletter. So for those who sign up with you, guess what? That's okay. All Coffee News content is the same. So if you get the PDFs off of my website for the Tampa Bay area, the content will all be identical. There's only one really important difference and that would be our hyper local yes. advertisers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so, and, and some of my ads will be, um, like you mentioned, Lou LaRoe, a friend of mine that uh, sells the Lou LaRoe clothing. I mean, she can work with anybody anywhere. Um, yeah. so, but mostly you're right. It is mostly local 
And I wanted to just share with you. So what we're doing, I'm pretty excited about how I'm coming back. Um, so we came back with three of my additions in June. I'm adding three more in July. And then by August, I'm hoping to have all 10 back in operation. So Very it's nice. been a rough go and, and mentally trying to figure all this out because I had a team. I had, I had a virtual assistant who was helping me with all the creating all the ads and doing the layouts every week. Um, I had somebody else helping me with distribution and I had to let all of them go. So now I'm trying to do all this and it's, it's been crazy. And I know you've been experiencing the same. That's for sure. I never thought that, uh, I mean, cause at first it translated into, wow, well, I guess if I'm not printing the newsletter physically, I have some hours back in my day. <laughs> no, <laughs> that very quickly rolled into other type of work for our product, especially because of how passionate we are for our advertisers and helping them grow their business and stay visible during this time. There really hasn't been much downtime. I mean, I've, I've taken a little bit of a vacation, summer reprieve to go visit family in other parts of the country this summer. But um, just like yourself, yeah, we found other means of making sure that our advertisers' ads were still visible, still getting into the reach and hands of uh, local consumers at the hopes that all of these businesses stay open as well. Because as you've heard recently, our state just had a, a huge setback. Some of the counties that I produce coffee news in here in Tampa Bay, Florida, we had as few as maybe 20, 10, 15, three cases, that little. And as right. soon as we reopened for phase one, just phase one, cases skyrocketed. It went from five in some areas to 3,000. 3,000. So I was hoping that right after the 4th of July holiday, Coffee News, Suncoast was going to be able to start distributing again. And now that's set back because of uh, us being a little too excited about getting back out in the community. And, uh, you know, the, the sad reality of it is that all of my team members are in that at-risk category. So mm -hmm. I really had to ask myself, is this something that I want um, to accept? If, if something were to happen to one of them, if they got sick, if they have other uh, predetermined health issues that weaken their immune system and make them prone to contracting this virus, bring it home to their families. How would I deal with that at the end of the day? And yeah. I don't think I would do well. <laughs> no. I, I have the same situation here actually with three of my four drivers have those situations. So I have one driver out there now and she wears a mask and she, you know, she's, she knows the risk. She's comfortable doing it. She's very, she loves it. She loves delivering coffee news. I mean, she is just so energized by it. So, um, yeah, no, we're, and we're experiencing much of the same. Um, we just went to some, a statewide mandate for masks on the Kansas side. Kansas City sits on the border of Kansas and Missouri. So everything on the Kansas side of the metro area is uh, now mandated. And then several count, uh, counties and communities on the Missouri side also are now, you know, mandating the masks. So we're experiencing it too. You know, Nicole, we take it one day at a time. And try not to watch too much of the news because it'll just bum you out and, exactly. you and get you upset and read copy news instead. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's what I've been doing. And I've been encouraging plenty of other people locally to do the same thing. And obviously you have as well. So listen, if you're, if you're in on this podcast and you're hearing what we're talking about, you want some of these feel good smiling articles as well, which we didn't mention is all real news as well. Uh, not to be oh, confused with strictly really entertainment. Is. 
It, you know, it really is because doing the podcast, I have to tell you one of the most challenging parts of doing the Coffee News podcast is figuring out how to pronounce some of the locations and uh, names that are in the stories in Coffee News because it is an international publication. So I, my resources, I go to YouTube. And I look up, you know, like today, I'm getting ready to record the podcast for the week of July 6th. And I had to look up, uh, there's a place in Scotland. And when I looked at the way it was spelled, I thought, is this Dunfermline? Dunfermline? I don't know. So I looked it up and it's Dunfermline. Dunfermline. Uh, Scotland. But, you know, so then I start watching the video about Dunfermline and, and what that it used to be the capital of Scotland. I never knew that until today. So, you truly learn a little bit of everything reading coffee news, really geography, local news. And how about all the times we've read coffee news and you, I mean, because it's international news. They're from all countries. How many times have you picked up coffee news, though, and been excited to see an article from your area locally? Yes, actually, we have. In fact, when that happened once... I, they just happened to do one, a place where they serve meals for the homeless, okay? okay? And anybody could come in and get a meal. But to help them not feel the stigma of being homeless, they actually made it like a restaurant where they were seated by a hostess and they, they took their order and they brought the food to them and made them feel like they were in a restaurant. And so the Coffee News did a story on that. And so I actually took that coffee news and framed it and went to that place and did a Facebook live interview with them about what they do and presented them with the coffee news with their story in it. So That's it was fantastic. really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Debbie, I'll tell you, being with coffee news every day is a fresh day of new, exciting things that we're going to learn, not just from our customers, uh, but our readers, it's, it's exciting times if you look at this in a positive way. And I am so grateful that you were able to be on our show today. Thank you for being our first guest, the voice of the Coffee News Podcast. Thank you for bringing that to listeners, readers all over the world. Well, thank you, Nicole. And I really appreciate you having me as your first guest. I know you're going to do really well with this podcast. I'm excited to see where you're going to take it. And I know I'm going to learn from you as well. Uh, and just get better with this podcasting thing. We're going to take the world with it, right? Oh, yes, that's the hope. Thank you. And, and that means a lot coming from you. I appreciate that, Debbie. Thank you very much. Well, listeners, readers of Coffee News, if you've never actually read Coffee News before and you're listening to the News to Enjoy Over Coffee News podcast today, go ahead and go to coffeenewsuncoast.com. You can see hyperlocal editions for the Tampa Bay region. Or if you're in the Kansas City metro area, check out Debbie Jackson's franchise at coffeenewskcmetro.com. You can get in touch with both of us through our websites. I'm sure she has a contact us page just oh. like I do. And you can subscribe to her digital newsletter right now. And every Monday morning, look forward to fresh content, family-friendly, trivia questions, horoscopes, local news articles, international news articles, and local resources from local advertisers. You need to read one every day with your morning cup of joe. You need to test all your friends at work, see how much trivia they know. You need to fill your reading time with stuff you can really use. You gotta get something fun to read. Read it in the coffee news. Read it in the coffee news. Read it in the coffee news.